Thompson, and it has been forever since I have attempted to do anything in the way of a podcast about apprenticeship to Jesus. I've gone through a lot of transition over the last few months. My wife and I, we have resigned the church that we pastored for almost 20 years in the Twin Cities area in Minnesota, and over the last four months have made a transition from Minnesota to Alabama. There have been a lot of things that have gone into it, and it has been a busy four to six months now uh, since we have left our church in the Twin Cities and transitioned and moved in the last couple of months to Alabama. Through that process has been a sweet walk with the Lord, and I wanted to share a bit of what has gone on in these past few months that have anchored me. I haven't had the opportunity to preach nearly as much, of course. I don't have to preach every week. And uh, I've been very blessed to have a couple of times where I've been able to preach. And as I have been in a mode of not needing to repair, uh, excuse me, of not needing to prepare, uh, I have found this uh, different mode of reading scripture and anchoring myself in Christ. It's also been a time where I have seen what the Lord wants to do in our lives for this particular season in the way of family. Uh, We have moved to Alabama because that puts us close to Terry's uh, dad and that part of the family and uh, taking care of some of those needs. It has freed my time up to be able to help with, uh, you know, even though it's a limited way, still help with uh, my folks and some of the needs that they have. And I have seen the Lord's hand work so wonderfully. Through all of this, as I reflect, because I just spent a little over a week back in Kansas with my folks helping them out, I wanted to uh, reflect on a couple of different things out of Matthew 16 and 17 as that has been where the Lord has had me camp in the last few days. Um, In that particular passage of scripture, you have some movement, and basically where I have been looking at has been Peter's confession of Christ, then Peter's agenda uh, over Christ's agenda and the kingdom agenda, but then also uh, the Mount of Transfiguration, and then you have the, the after that coming down from the Mount of Transfiguration, the whole story of the disciples who were there, and they were trying to deal with the father who had the demon-possessed son, and they couldn't cast out the demon. And um, so just some thoughts through there as I've, I've walked through all of that, and the Lord has had me there. One of the key things is is that when I go through that passage, I tend more to focus on Peter's mistakes and my mistakes and what I haven't done and the coulda, woulda, shouldas of my life. And through that, it has been all the mistakes of where I've tried to get my agenda in there when the kingdom is trying to give me their agenda and I'm not following, and I look back, and oh, I missed this, and I missed that. I'm just Peter. Uh, I just can't get this right. This time through, one of the things the Spirit spoke to me so strongly was to 
not focus on what Peter's response was, but what Jesus was trying to teach about the kingdom. And the first thing is, with Peter and his confession, was the understanding of flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you. Only the Spirit of God revealed this to you. It was as the disciples were hanging with Jesus that the realization came to them through the power of the Holy Spirit that they are interacting with the Holy One of God. He's Messiah. He's the Savior. He's the one they've been looking for. And flesh and blood just couldn't possibly reveal that. And it's it's in that that I have to rest and rely. There will be the mistakes I make where I try to make it more about my agenda and popular something that's more popular or something that I feel is more effective than what the kingdom is trying to do. But I have to keep drawing back to that key statement. You're the Christ. You're the Messiah. You're the Holy One. You're the Son of the Living God. Flesh and blood can't reveal that to me. The Spirit has to keep reminding me. How I have been able to see that happen over these last six months or so has been to stay as anchored in the Word as I have ever been in my entire life. I have gone through an exercise of doing a daily reading. Um, you can, there are so many ways you can do this. Uh, the way that I have chosen has been through daily reading of the daily office or the lectionary. Uh, there are passages that will be from Psalms, from the Old Testament, the New Testament, and a Gospel. And I have decided to camp myself in that regimen knowing that there will be particular days like this week where the Holy Spirit will say, okay, now, just in this passage, look here, stay here until I tell you to move on. And that has been a refreshing walk for me over the last six months. I have been able to keep myself rooted in the breadth of Scripture this way and also to listen to the Holy Spirit to say, whoa, stop, slow down. Let me tell you something about this particular passage. And it has spurred things on. The second thing is the reminder that I have from the Spirit on a consistent basis my agenda, the agenda, excuse me, the kingdom agenda for my life right now is a prayer priority. Over the years, I have always been someone who has desired to be a man of prayer, a man of the word, and I have worked to maintain that, but there is an intimacy level that from time to time, the Lord just says, let's walk a little bit further here and let me show you a little bit more. And there will be times where the Spirit will say, your priority is prayer. And then He will give me that specific day, two, three things to pray about, two or three things to hone in on. And it may be for that day, it may be for the next few days, it may be for longer. And I have found that as I have anchored myself in the Word, and then I get to prayer and I still feel a restlessness I also have the Spirit speak to me and say your priority is prayer now 
here's what I want you to pray about. And I have uh, relished uh, that movement of the Spirit in my life and rejoiced in it. I am not consistent. I stumble in and out of it. There, there are days in a row that I forget. I get frustrated. I don't want to hear the kingdom's agenda for my life. And then I'm reminded of that second movement in that passage in Matthew 16. The first movement is you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. The second movement is where Jesus tells his disciples, if you truly want to understand this, you got to pick up the cross and follow me. I had my first semester in seminary at Luther Seminary in St. Paul, Minnesota. I had the privilege of taking a Gospels class from Dr. James Boyce. And the top thing I remember him saying out of that class is reflecting on this passage out of the Gospel of Mark. Dr. Boyce would say, you don't have to go looking for a cross. One has been readily provided for you. I have chewed on that for easily the last 10 years of my life. You don't need to go looking for a cross. You don't need to make yourself a martyr. You don't need to make yourself out of something that you are offended at from something in the culture, from some other group of Christians, and say, that's my cross. Christ daily says, here's what I need you to do. Here's how I need you to get your flesh out of the way and get the spirit moving in your life. He provides what I need to deal with, and I just need to listen to that. And there are times where I get antsy about what's next for me. I get nervous or I start to feel a bit of anxiety and I get drawn into that second movement there. Dan, take up your cross. Here it is. You don't have to go looking for it. Dan, follow me. And again, even if I don't like it, I have his presence and that has been a beautiful thing. And then through this, as I have been in this transition in my life and been freed up for uh, being with people, family members and things, more uh, less worry about uh, occupation right now, I have also been more reflective of what's going on in the world. And that takes me to the third movement of uh, this passage in Matthew 16 and 17. And that is, um, you've got to come through the cross to see the glory. Uh, and too often, we just want the glory. Um, and I, this is a thing that I've got to deal with in my own life. And I'm still, boy, I am way from being there, so to speak. And that is, is I can get lost in what everyone else is doing. I'm as, I'm as much a social media junkie as anybody else, and probably more so. And I can get caught up in the false sense that we can portray on social media that things are going well, or we're preaching to great big crowds, or I've got a big church, or these kinds of things. And then, of course, there's the frustrations that we see as well in the news or if we want to call it fake news or the dumb arguments that we can get in on Facebook or Twitter 
knowing full well we're not going to persuade anybody, but we're going to try anyway. And all of that stuff just swirls around me. And a lot of times what I have found is, is that, that I am so uh, in my own desire wanting the glory uh, the fullness of the revelation of God, and this moves us into the transfiguration in Matthew chapter 17, but I don't want the cross. I don't want the end of Matthew chapter 16. I want to skip it, act like it didn't exist, just start Matthew 17, where I see the revealing of Christ himself and all his glory, and I'm kind of like, Peter, let's just build three tabernacles and camp here. But you can't have the glory without the cross. And Here's the other thing I'm learning about that. Again, you don't have to go making up a cross. One's readily provided for you. Because here's what happens. Too often, our crosses as American Christians end up looking an awful like hammocks. We are so weak. We are so oh, spineless. Somebody doesn't say Merry Christmas to us and we get upset. Somebody doesn't say, God bless you, and we get upset. I mean, just it's just ridiculous how we think we're martyrs about things. And so we, we end up wanting all glory and no cross. And if there's a cross, we'd rather make it ourselves, and we end up getting into macrame and make ourselves little hammocks and call them crosses. We can't do that. I want the fullness of the revelation of Jesus Christ. And to do that, Dan Thompson's got to get out of the way. And so in that, I can deal better with what's going on in the culture if I will get myself out of the way, spend my time in the presence of Jesus, and then find out what mountains he wants me to move, which is what happens in this next movement. They come down from the mountain. The disciples are you know, just stupefied because his dad has come to them and has a son that's demon-possessed and they've said, oh, we can handle this. We've done this before. And they can't. And when Jesus comes down, rebukes them for being like the rest of the world and then casts out the demon and they sheepishly go to him and go, how come we couldn't do that? And basically what Jesus is trying to tell them is, you're treating this like it's business as usual and it's not. It gets back to the revelation of Jesus Christ and the work of the cross. Then we see his glory. Then his kingdom comes. Then we can speak to the mountain and it will move. And that's the challenge that I have in the last several weeks. That the Lord really wants me to get to a place where I take my tiny bit of faith. If I could just get get it to the size of a mustard seed and that doesn't matter it's not about my faith it's about his kingdom and if i can get my amount of faith lined up with his kingdom he will look at me and say now look at that mountain over there speak to it it will move so those are the things that i get to pray about and i watch and there are times where the Lord will bring me back through a passage of scripture and I'll have a note there and I will notice something that I prayed two or three years ago and the Lord will say you spoke to that mountain it moved now I need you to speak to these mountains today and I want you to watch how they're going to move now it's not always the first time you speak to that mountain that it moves 
But there's going to be a point in time where that mountain will move. And that's where the Lord will again remind me, Dan, right now, in this season, your agenda is prayer. Your priority is prayer. There's been a couple of things in the last week or so that I have been reminded of that, of nothing really big in my own life or miraculous or anything like that. But where I have watched how the Lord has said, Dan, because we did this six months ago, I did this in your life eight months ago, because I did this in your life three months ago, you were able to do this today. You spoke to the mountain, the mountain moved, and now this mountain is moving for someone else today. And I have found that I am rejoicing more in his presence and loving him more as I walk. Uh, so just wanted to give you an update. There's a lot of background noise because I'm doing this as I am out and about and I'm not um, trying to be studio perfect as a podcast and I'm not going to be able to cut out all the ums and the hymns and the haws. But I just wanted to take some time to voice this as I have time and I don't necessarily have time to write it down and be able to say what the Lord is doing in my life. Friends, we have an incredible call. I, part of what Jesus said in that confession of that Peter made, that he said, I'm going to give you the keys and you're going to be able to bind and loose. And part of that is the understanding of I, we have such a small view of the power of the church. Not as us as individual believers, but as the church. Evangelical Christians tend to think so little of that big $10 theological word, ecclesiology, to understand the power of the church. But we have such power. He's given us the keys to bind and to loose, to bind up the things that are are uh, hindering people around us, hindering systems in our culture, and to loose systems that are freedom and liberty, to set captives free, to solve things in our world that only the church could really do if the church would get be getting back to being the church. And uh, I want to just give a little bit of an update of what's going on. So I appreciate the time. I hope you are pulling some nuggets out of this. And I really will work harder on getting some series together to do some more podcasting because the Lord is certainly stirring my heart.